1: Life's busy. Take this deck. There's heaps to do on it. Like, um, polishing off this wine. That's tough. Life's pretty good with a Trex deck. Composite decking with no hard maintenance. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. Kathy Freeman, thank you so much for joining me on the Friday Focus. <laughs> I'm just trying to remember the last time we caught up. Was it when we were dropping you out of an aeroplane in Darwin to launch Australia of the Australian of the Year nominations, or was it the Australia Day TV commercial we did in Sydney there, which was an absolute ripper to be a part of? How are you?
0: Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I think, so, you're right with the recollections. Like, yeah, definitely in Darwin. That Was it Darwin? Yeah, yeah and I was Darwin. Doing that tandem,
1: <laughs> <Skydive>. tandem
0: jump. <laughs> and uh, then, yeah, we did an ad. We had the privilege of making that ad with you.
1: Oh, that was a bit of fun, that one, wasn't it, about Australia Day? And I I thought that was really mm -hmm. clever that the first fleet turn up and arrive on the beach and say, oh, we are the first fleet. And was it Maine Wyatt, the actor, who who said, yeah, not quite, mate? Yeah. It's we like to have a good laugh sometimes
0: about these
1: sorts of things. (laughs) Yes, indeed. Hey, uh, yeah, great to chat. Obviously, uh, with the Olympics sort of around the corner, I'd I'd like to talk about your... Uh, iconic moments from Sydney 2000 and cast an eye forward to Tokyo. But before we get to that, mm. I'd like to touch on your, your foundation, the Cathy Freeman Foundation, which is continuing to create a tremendous mm. legacy. What, what, can you tell us about it? And, and why was it so important for mm. you to, to set up something like this?
0: Uh, yes, I can tell you a little bit about it. And I'm, I don't do those elevator pictures. I'm not a natural salesperson. <laughs> um, but I'll tell you this much um, – I'm passionate about um, obviously um, the Indigenous, you know, being part of my, you know, my community, which is the Indigenous community, Sure. Um, and oh, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander community. community and um, and I'm just really passionate um, about um, you know potential or untapped potential in our in our kids and young yeah. in young people. Um, and so, oh gosh, I think we're heading into our 14th year at the, the foundation.
1: Yeah, and um, fantastic.
0: And um, yeah, it's just, you know, we work with four isolated communities, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander communities, two in the Territory, two in Queensland. Um, 1,600 kids are involved in in our programs. And, um, and it's all about, it's just all geared, Adam, towards, Kids being given the right support, obviously within the formal educational setting in the classroom, in the sure. school setting, yep. as well as carrying on an, an, an interest and in in, in, in uh, discovering their potential outside of the classroom in the in the wider world, um, sure. lifelong learning, and we touch upon not just formal. Education, but just sort of, you know, those important themes around well being and resilience and, yep. you know, and determination, things like that. So,
1: yeah, I, I love I mean, that...
0: that's in a, in a nutshell. Yeah, yeah.
1: sorry. I, I love that, that there's a, a th- a few components, but I love the, the section in the program where you take the Indigenous kids' horizons sorry, uh, through That's into the, to, yeah. to, to the capital cities just to gain that, I guess, life experience to, to coming from remote and regional areas. But you mentioned 14 years you've been running. What do you see as the greatest mm. challenges for Indigenous children facing that sort of access to quality education and the opportunity outside of that after 14 years of, of running this foundation?
0: Yeah, well, I'm going to speak to, uh, specifically to the four communities that we're, we partner with. Um, Gullowinku, Warumiyanga, Warabinder, and Palm Island. And I've learned through, through these last, you know, 10 years or so that I think it's really important that there's an appetite from the wider community. Um, obviously from within the school, um, to, through to, you know, folks at home mums and dads and the, and the wider family unit, extended family unit, you know, like grandmas or granddads yeah. or uncles or aunts. or, um, But, you know, in, in these smaller places, you know, like Warramie Younger, for example, it's always really uh, more powerful if it's a all-in sort of situation.
1: Sure.
0: Whether it's, you know, the law enforcers like the police, through to the hospital, through, you know, to the school, to the home you know, everyone's involved in, in carrying a child sure. to, into into a space where they realize their potential, Adam. So okay. I like your name, Adam. Everyone else calls me Gilly, but I'm not. Well, it's, I was about I to like say Adam. that
1: the only time I'm called Adam is by my wife <laughs> or my mum when I'm, I'm in serious trouble. So I, you're making me nervous, Cathy.
0: Okay, I'll go back to calling you Gilly.
1: <laughs> you can do whatever you want. All right. Yeah, that's. Uh, um, I, I think that concept that you're talking about, and the old saying about it takes a village to raise a child, not just the, the one single family home. It really is a collective affair, and, and never truer in some of these communities that you're talking about.
0: Oh, that's it. That's it. And I think, um, you know, kids are particularly astute. You know, they know when the, your heart is in the right place, and you know when you when you are genuine and you're fully present. To their story
1: yeah. and their
0: hopes, including their hopes and their, you know, their aspirations, you know, Gilly. So, and that's when a child can have light bulb moments, and they can absolutely, with the encouragement of that village, um, can exploit that support, which is exactly what we, everybody wants to occur, wants to see occur. So, uh, it's you know, that's I think that's really imperative. That that analogy you said before. For
1: sure yeah without doubt And it, it was at school that you spoke about te- or oh, it's gone on the record that i think as a 10 year old you told the teacher that you're going to be a world champ you want to be the fastest <laughs> runner in the world at one stage so it all starts at school and mm. you went on and did that you became the champ and just uh with that olympics approaching in tokyo can you cast your mind back and you, you would have been asked 100,000 times probably about it but the emotion now yeah 21 years later the iconic moment and first of all about the the Olympic cauldron and lighting that and such an iconic moment not just in Australian sport but Australian mm. history and such a powerful and significant stride forward for the Indigenous recognition in this country. Um, you. When you how do you emotionally recollect that now and and also in the backdrop that there might not be an iconic moment like that in these Olympics that are approaching due to COVID.
0: Oh, yes. Yeah, it's a the new norm is definitely very new, is it? Yeah. And we really have to get used to that pretty quick smart and adapt. But um, but when I, yeah, definitely when I cast my mum's my back to only, <laughs> only <laughs> 21
1: years ago. <laughs> we're all ageing at the same rate. Don't worry. <laughs>
0: yeah, we're all <laughs> um, I certainly I feel really proud that that's part of my life story that you know I can share with I like sharing that time in my life and as much as what I like sharing even the time in the in those times leading up to the Sydney Games and and you know the and and the story for all of us continues right so you know it's all kind of all part of one other part of you know time in history or you know, it's all part of where we're all going for the future. So, but it makes me feel really content, and and I feel I feel pleased that I've I've got those sorts of stories to share and those reflections to give folks. And um, it kind of it's nice. It makes me feel I feel very blessed for those for that Sydney 2000 you know experience. Um, but certainly looking forward. Uh, Gill. No, I called you, Adam. Art Gilly. <laughs> <laughs> right. looking, looking, Yeah, looking forward to Tokyo, which is sort of really upon us. I, you know, I think, I think you know, it's easy as as spectators to get a little bit selfish because we appreciate the drama of 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 what we once you know, what we remember as as a pre-COVID game. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't mean it, that there still won't be some amazing performances and inspiring stories and, and incredible moments. Um, you know, my heart immediately doesn't really go to spectators. It goes always to the athletes.
1: Yeah, sure. Um,
0: and I think we'll all be, you know, just with all of our hearts, wishing them all the very best. Um, and, and you know, they'll rise to, to the occasion, you know, I'll... Despite the the COVID, you know, circumstances.
1: Yeah, for sure. What mm-hmm. do you feel the Olympics in these restricted times can play a part in galvanising the world through this pandemic?
0: Absolutely, because there will be still major media coverage, you know, and that you know, the, the lovely thing, and the more, most powerful thing about the Olympic movement is that it does it is able to sort of capture people's imaginations. Yeah. And it's one of the more uh, unifying movements of the world. And God knows this world needs this <laughs> sort of sense of unification and, you know, friendship.
1: <laughs> yes, <laughs> you know? indeed. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Uh, you know, around those powerful values. Um, um, but I know it's going to be different. Of course it will be different. Um, but athletes, I think, you know, I've heard some athletes talk around um you know, talk about how this is a, an opportunity for us to just to still celebrate humanity. Um and the fact that we are here and we're still we're still here. We've showed up, you know, yeah. we're here to compete and um this is the future. Um, you know, it's a powerful message in that sense.
1: What word of advice would you have for any athlete that wins gold in Tokyo, particularly if it's a, a surprise victory, someone that's unexpected? What advice, what to look forward to coming out of that and the focus and the glare? And is there any sort of cautionary tales that you'd pass on to, to a potential winner?
0: Ah, uh, yes. I think I think there'll always be a lot of excitement and joy and um you know, countries become so proud of their champions. You know, you and I know that, and um, especially in the sporting arena, you know, sport is that one language. Yes. <laughs> it just that you know, it's just the most powerful language, and just you know. Uh, like if I'm to draw on my own experiences, I don't think you could ever be prepared for that sense of connection <laughs> between you and others. Yeah. And, I'm, you know, you must get it. You know, at times folks are just so feeling like so, so personally attached to your achievements yeah. and, and your personal journey. And I think that's probably what athletes aren't really prepared for. Like they think about, Getting at the goal and doing it technically, to to you know as you know in the most excellent way possible. Yep. But then the, I don't think athletes are prepared for that sort of post-victory. Uh, you know that that part of that success is the attention and and the amazing and most authentic and profound attachment and connection complete strangers. ...inside, Hathie Lifting, goes up to Graham, takes the lead, looks a winner, draws away from Graham and Mary. This is a famous victory, a magnificent performance. What a legend, what a champion.
1: There was such a build-up to your 400-metre event in that 2,000 games. Um, you, you probably may have had time to, to prepare should you win, which clearly you felt in your mind you were going to, to prepare for life yeah. after that. But but uh, then again, do you let mm-hmm. your mind cast that far forward?
0: I think, oh, look, I'm, I, I know I'm a little bit, uh, I'm, you know, everyone's got their own unique kind of way of, uh, of, you know, approaching a challenge or preparing for a challenge. I kind of, from the age of... Oh geez, I'm going to start at ten. Yep. When my goal and my when my vision of my life became very, very clear, um, I really had no Plan B, Gilly.
1: <laughs> well, I always um, say Plan and, B is just and, setting up for failure.
0: <laughs> well, I happen to agree. I happen. I mean, you know, it's intense, but yep. I—that's what comes with yourself, with that self-belief, right? Yeah. And, you know that almost a self conviction, and I know you've demonstrated it out there, you know on the I know I'm a fan of yours <laughs> <laughs> and um and so oh yeah, no, it's um, but I think it's important you know for these for 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 the professions out there too, It's just that issue of success off out of the you know arena, yeah you know yep so and what that looks like and what that means. So in terms of
1: character and all those sorts of things. Yeah, sure. Hey, how mm. closely, amongst I'm sure a lot of time you're committing to the foundation, but how closely do you monitor the athletics landscape these days? And is there any sort of name that you think we should keep an eye on in Tokyo, be it a young Australian or, a, or, a, or an aged Australian or someone mm. from overseas? I've
0: got, a, I've got a particular interest in Australia's fastest man at the minute, Rowan Browning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it's exciting. It's, um, he, he's recently run a win assisted nine point nine six yeah. wow. for the hundred. So he's fast. He's fast, and, um, and he's hungry. And he looks, he looks in great shape. Um, so what can we dead, expect uh, from
1: him? Do you think? What's a, a, a? It's hard for him to come out and predict anything. But what would you, your observation be at Tokyo sexy. for him?
0: Yeah, I think the fact that his head seems to be royally in the game <laughs> and in terms of he seems unafraid of competition, he's had a bit of experience. I think expect a semi, oh, semi-final at least. Okay, semi-final nice. at least. So... yeah, <laughs> I don't normally go out on a limb like that, but I don't think he'll mind.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, that's very exciting to, to, to hear that. and And mm. just... Finishing in the Olympics, you created such an iconic couple of moments for so many people and for a, for a nation. Has there been one Olympic moment that has been your most inspirational from someone else? Oh, no.
0: definitely, definitely. My idol growing up, and someone who 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 sort of I looked at um, as you know someone who made a possibility, like made a dream. A possibility. She represented a possibility to me. A possibility to me. And her name is. She competed under the name Debbie Flintoff King. And if you know, if you are an Olympic Games fan, in 1988 she won the 400 meter hurdles for Australia. Um, in Seoul.
1: Debbie and, King.
0: Yeah, and uh, she kind of was like. Represented to me that uh, an Olympic gold medal in in track and field for a the woman was possible. Yeah. So <laughs> Yeah,
1: absolutely brilliant. Yeah,
0: there you go. <laughs>
1: yeah, uh, amazing part of our our sporting history again. And as you say, what what sport can do to create dreams and uh, aspirations for young boys and girls at any age. Well, Kathy, I've held mm-hmm. you up too long. I thank you so much for uh, for joining us. Um, You mentioned about moments uh, being part of a bigger journey and and those moments in Sydney aren't the defining moments in your life. They're part of your journey and and along with the foundation, the legacy you're leaving and continue to inspire so many by way of the work Mm -hmm. that you do there. Congratulations. Thank you so much for for talking to us uh, on Gillian Goss and on the Friday Focus. (laughs)
0: No, thank you so much for having me. I've I've really enjoyed catching up with you, actually. So thank you. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger
1: car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.